0: Hello, welcome back to the Imaginative Discipleship podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Woodbridge, and this week I'm sharing with you a talk that I gave a few weeks ago on Imaginative Discipleship at Labrie Fellowship in England. Labrie is a community that's been a very special place for me in my own journey of discipleship. It's a place of shelter where students can go and join in the life of the community there and explore honest answers to life's big questions. I've been going there off and on since I was an undergraduate student, and it's really been a place of refreshment and inspiration and chance to explore uh, questions I've had about the Christian faith. You can find out more about Labrie, including accessing the Labrie Lecture Podcast at englishlabrie.org. Uh, they've got more resources available on the Labrie Ideas Library, libriideaslibrary.org, and the library contains over 1,000 lectures and discussions that explore questions about the reality and relevance of Christianity. You can find the links in the show notes, so don't worry if you're not sure how to spell Labrie, as well as a link to download my slides for the talk. How does the renewal of our imaginations shape our Christian life and witness? How do we cultivate that renewal of our imaginations by the Spirit through the Word for life in the world? I explore the nature of the imagination and how it connects to the Biblical theme of the heart and the importance of imaginative renewal for our discipleship, and some steps we can take to help participate in God's redemption of our imaginations. I'm also excited that this talk will be part of Field Moot, and online conference to celebrate and encourage Christians in the creative arts, which is taking place from the 3rd to the 6th of November. I'll be releasing the video recording of the talk as part of FieldMoot and doing a live Q&A on Zoom to discuss it further. So sign up at fieldmoot.com for the full programme and to join in. Now over to the lecture. Enjoy! Hello! Uh, yeah, it's great to be back here at the Manor. Um, last time I was here, uh, last November, I gave a, a lecture on C.S. Lewis's Cosmic Trilogy, uh, and I was looking there about how uh, C.S. Lewis used the uh, medieval outlook to renew our imaginations, especially when it came to um, the idea of hierarchy and giving a vision of how it might be beautiful rather than the default modern view that imagines it as oppressive. Uh, and I shared some of my own own experiences about realising how my beliefs were shaped uh, not just by being persuaded intellectually of one thing or another uh, but um, that certain propositions were true but also captivated imaginatively uh, by seeing certain things as beautiful and good. Today, I want to explore the parts the imagination plays in the Christian life and in our discipleship. Uh, I want to look at why imagination is important to discipleship, to our spiritual growth and formation. How does imagination reveal and shape our hearts? Um, So, so, yes, I work in... um, uh, um, for IVP books. Uh, I should add that what I say today, uh, it's my personal views, not necessarily those uh, of IVP. Uh, And with my background in uh, editing and with English literature, I've always been really interested in the power of story and of imagination. Uh, I've been very aware of how deeply stories form us Uh, and for how important story is for connecting with one another as human beings, as well as for uh, Christians to engage creatively and critically with culture. Uh, And around a year ago, I set out to focus on this theme through my email newsletter, Bigger on the Inside, uh, and I've been steadily going at that. And I'm actually just about to launch a podcast on this theme of imaginative uh, discipleship. And I've been recording some conversations already, and some of those have helped inform and enrich um uh some of my thoughts here so a big thanks to uh ted turnow mary mccampbell uh and sophie killingly just for uh some of that and there's lots of stuff <laughs> i've picked up from lots of other people as well and hopefully i'll be able to acknowledge some of those debts along the way but uh, particularly from my times here at uh at la fellowship down the years and uh, thinking through these um these things um and one of the projects I'm editing at the moment is Ted Turner's forthcoming book, Oasis of Imagination, publishing next summer. And this really goes into this theme of imagination uh, and working on that with Ted has really uh, um benefited my own thinking um, but whereas that book is going to focus on imagination and christian cultural engagement i'm going in a bit of a different direction with this look at how it uh, relates to uh, our discipleship to our uh, spiritual growth how does imagination help us grow as disciples to know jesus better and become more like him um, but I'm also interested to hear from uh, from you guys uh, before I share my thoughts. Um, I'd be interested to get a sense of where you're starting from and perhaps what this question of imagination and discipleship um, what this throws up uh, for you. Um, I'd imagine this being Labri that uh, there's perhaps a more high value put on the imagination than is. Uh, sometimes the case among Christians uh but yeah um just uh um maybe uh turn to the person next to you and uh have a little chat about um what you think and then we can uh share share back if if any of you brave enough to to tell me what you'd you'd like to be hearing from me this this evening so uh over to you okay let's um draw draw some thoughts together uh okay so what 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 do you see as the connection between uh imagination and discipleship um or anything particular you're hoping to to hit on this evening uh anyone got some something you want to throw out there okay peter <laughs> oh yes I, I mean uh, when i think of discipleship i think a lot of The process of becoming something that I'm not yet Mm -hmm. fully. I'm partially discipled or something, but I'm not fully like Christ. I'm not (coughs) fully where I am hoping to be. Mm. And so, imagination has to do with picturing something that doesn't, maybe doesn't yet, yet happened as part of imagination. So, there's a connection there. Yeah. Yeah. Possibility—that's a good yeah. word. Yes, marsh. What you see and discover for yourself. Mm-hmm. Remember what you are told. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, when we discover things for ourselves, that sticks a lot, a lot more. Um, yeah, imagination, uh, possibility, driving transformation. We also talked about imagination and. Empathy, being able to see something mm. from another point of view from our, our own. Mm. Yeah, definitely, yes. Being able to um, imagine our neighbours as our, as ourselves. Uh, we'll get get onto that. Just step into someone's shoes. Mm. Mm. C- creativity. Yeah, creativity as well. Creativity, empathy. Um, yeah, I was thinking about creativity as well. God we is creator. To be, we are making this image we are creators so to be creative in an original way we have to have imagination mm, yeah so it's reflecting the image of our creator god um, any any burning questions that I mean obviously we can um, pick up at the end in, in Q&A but uh, anything you think ah, what about dot 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 England When we talk at lunch tables about imagination, people are often frightened with the imagination that it could lead you astray. Mm. That's what they express, the sort of how you know whether it's going to lead you in discipleship or lead you astray, something like that. In in some forms of spirituality, it's very, very important. I'm thinking of the Ignatian spirituality, Mm -hmm. where you enter into a story. Yeah. On um, um, uh, a Bible story, and you imagine, you know, being in the, in in the place or in the scene, and you imagine um, being be, being part of that, and how you react, and all that sort of thing, and that helps bring something to life for you. Mm. Helps you enter in and perhaps see it in a deeper way. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Great. Well. I, um this is a big big subject it's a lens through which you can um approach many different things in the christian life so we'll, we'll see how much of it we get to in my uh in my talk and in uh, the discussion that follows. Um, but to set out my story, it's my, my conviction that imagination is much more central to our Christian lives than uh, we often realise. Um, uh, imagination isn't just important for, for artists or creatives, but a core part of who we are as human beings. Uh, a central dimension of what the Bible means when it talks about the heart. So imagination shapes both our perceptions and our actions, how we see the world and how we shape the world. So by being more attentive to the role uh, imagination plays in our lives, we can better understand what God is doing in us to renew us. We can better cultivate habits and practices that will nurture redeemed imaginations. We can deepen our discipleship to grow into the fullness of Christ. Uh, so what is discipleship now this is <laughs> we've got a couple of two really easy to define terms that, um, <laughs> to think discipleship and imagination so uh yeah um anyone want to throw out uh, a definition or description of, of discipleship follower. a follower yeah I'm an apprentice apprentice follower apprentice so it's like it's a follower of the master. A follower of the master, yes. The, the, who you're following is very important. Um, Would a disciple be the follower, but a discipleship is like the action of bringing somebody else along or something? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Does it perhaps have a similar route to discipline? So it's someone who mm-hmm. follows the same discipline as you? Or? Yeah, I think, I think there's a connection. I'm not sure if the etymology someone... A learner. Yeah, learner. So, yes, it's, I think you could say that discipleship is about following Jesus, being an apprentice, uh, learning, uh, being um, disciple to. Um, it's following Jesus and it's becoming like him. So it's uh, very much about who uh, we follow. And um, I'm reminded of when Doctor Who came back in 2005 after its 16-year gap. And in the trailers, you had uh, not David Tennant, but Christopher Eccleston uh, inviting the audience. Uh, Do you want to come with me? Because if you do, I have to warn you, it won't be quiet, it won't be calm, and it won't be safe. But I'll tell you what it will be the trip of a lifetime Um, and I love that because it reminds me of the invitation we have from Jesus to come follow him and it's an adventure and he doesn't promise us uh, safety or comfort uh, but uh, he is worth following as um, Rose Tyler says of the the doctor, uh, the doctor is worth the monsters and Jesus is worth the challenges uh, of following him. Mm -hmm. Now in the sort of reformed evangelical tradition i've grown grown up in uh, that's my theological home turf there's often been a very strong emphasis on a uh, world on being transformed by the renewing of the mind and i think that's very good and very positive that's part of the libri uh, heritage but uh, it can get narrowly focused on um uh, sort of the intellect and on rationalism um uh, and what James K. Smith calls thinking thingism uh, where uh, we treat, treat ourselves as if we're merely thinking things uh, whereas that strong emphasis on truth sometimes neglects beauty and goodness uh, we sometimes assume that if we fill our heads with biblical <coughs> truth with the right propositional content then if it's true then it must be good and beautiful by definition uh, and perhaps uh, neglecting to receive it in a fully embodied way but I think as we seek to grow in our faith and uh, communicate it in a culture that's increasingly removed from Christian understanding, uh, we need a greater depth of imagination, a deeper understanding of why the Bible teaches what it teaches and why that is good and beautiful as well as true. Um, uh, Mere assertions of authority cut very little uh, ice if they ever did, and imagination helps us to see the beauty of Christ and his teaching and to live out its goodness. Another definition of discipleship so um, uh, one of the writers who is sort of lurking behind a lot of what I'm saying is um, James K. Smith who drawing on Augustine emphasises that discipleship is fundamentally about what we love. The Bible calls us to love the Lord our God with all our heart and mind and soul and strength and our neighbors as ourselves. It includes what we believe, but uh, ultimately it is about um, uh, who and what we love. And imagination is a powerful force for shaping our loves. We become the stories we believe about ourselves and others. Imagination shapes the world by shaping the way we see the world for better and for worse imagination quickens the beating of the heart to love certain things to make particular people or ideas or principles first of all visible and concrete and secondly attractive and appealing or indeed it might be to um make them unattractive to love some things and hate others to boo the villains and cheer the heroes um And if we're to grow in love, truth and goodness, we need to direct and cultivate our imaginations carefully, so that we love all that God loves as good and despise the evils that he hates. Right, another one. Imagination! (laughs) Uh, Another slippery word. Um, It's often a positive feel-good word, but as um, uh, Jim said, Christians are sometimes rather suspicious of it. So, uh, again, any, anyone got a, um, a definition or a description to, to offer of, of imagination? I've got plenty up my sleeve, so don't, don't worry, it will be interesting to hear. The ability to see something that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. The ab- ability to see something that doesn't exist, yes. The mind's eye. The mind's eye. Yeah. Um, ability is to make non linear links between things, connections of meaning between things, <coughs> things in a sort of non linear way. Yeah, non linear connections, meaning making. Mm-hmm. So, imagination is, as has already been mentioned, part of being creative beings made in the image of our Creator God. We are created to create um and one of the worries Christians can have that it's just make believe um uh, and we want a faith that's true not just wishful thinking um and that's that's important but there is more to imagination than uh making things up and i think um imagination is seeing being able to see in the mind things that don't exist. I think that's true as far as it goes, but I think it's broader than that. It's also um, uh, things that aren't present to the senses. So they might be real, uh, they might be things that exist, but they um, are things that we can't see. So I can imagine my children at home lying in bed. I can't see them, but I can hold a picture in my mind's eye uh, of them. Um, So yeah. Um, so we've got a dictionary definition up here, um, imagination, uh, noun, the act of power forming a, a mental image, the mind's eye, of something not present to the senses. Um, and Coleridge uh, linked it in a more theological way as the living power and prime agent of all human perception. And as a repetition in the finite of the eternal act of creation of the infinite I am, <laughs> it says. <laughs> so there's there's a lot in that. Um so um yeah, perception and repeating creation, copying God and being uh, creators. Um and um I would say that because so much of the Christian faith is about believing things that are real but unseen, um things that are promised but maybe future, um that imagination is key both to faith and hope. We first need to be able to imagine something, to hold it in our minds, to um, to picture it, to comprehend it, to um, grasp the meaning of it before we can decide whether or not it's true or false, before we can trust in it or not, before we can um, place our hope in it. So imagination is um, on one level simply understanding, but it's understanding uh, at a level that includes um, uh, meaning uh, of things, not just the bare factuality. George MacDonald, great beard. (laughs) Um, Imagination is that faculty which gives form to thought. Uh, And C.S. Lewis, I think this is a particularly interesting one. Reason is the natural organ of truth, uh, but imagination is the organ of meaning imagination producing new uh, metaphors or revivifying old is not the cause of truth, but its condition. So that's saying if reason is the natural organ of truth, that is the part of us that um, works through what is true and false, Um, then it's dependent on the imagination uh, because... uh, We need to, the imagination needs to grasp the meaning of something, uh, first of all, and uh, through new new metaphors or old metaphors given uh, new life, those help us to, to grasp things in a new way. It's interesting that uh, from a neuroscientific point of view, there's this recognition that we understand reality uh, through the imagination. (coughs) Metaphors aren't merely creative embellishments on top of our rational understanding, but uh, the very way we make sense of the world. Um, There's a famous book called Metaphors We Live By uh, by George Lakoff and Mark uh, Johnson, which explores how uh, metaphors shape the way we think and act. For example um uh, a common metaphor for discussion is that argument is war, and so we can conf- we think of um discussions as something that can be won or lost, where you can go on the offense or the defense change the metaphor argument as a que- uh, as a quest for example, or as a dance and each of those changes the way that you think about and engage in, in the conversation and of course something can be meaningful and appealing to the imagination without being true you can come up with a story that uh it isn't actually uh true uh but uh which is why we need both reason and imagination to work together the two two need to integrate but the gospel combines both truth and beauty. Uh, as John chapter 1 says, grace and truth have come in Jesus Christ. And so uh, the, the gospel story, the gospel message, is satisfying both to reason and imagination at the very same time. So what does the Bible have to say about imagination? Does it say much about imagination? Um, anyone got any Anything you've got in mind? Any direct references? Thinking about, I'm hearing vain imaginations or vain mm-hmm. imaginations of the heart. Yeah. Is this is just looking, set your minds on things above. Yeah, set your mind on things, mm-hmm. yeah, things above, vain imaginings. Yeah, any... any the eyes of the heart. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, so I think we've got to be a bit careful because in some ways the way we talk about imagination is very much um, informed and shaped by particularly Romanticism, and so the concept, the word, and the conceptual baggage we bring to it is very different to the thought world of um, the Old and New Testament. So we've got to do a bit of cultural translation work to to get at it, but uh, let's get into some of these uh, these things. So what does the Bible have to say about uh, the imagination? Yeah, there are indeed uh, warnings about... um, Evil imagination, so um, in Genesis six verse five, for example we 're told that uh, every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time, and that word inclination in the King James Version says every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually, um, and the word is uh, yet yet so um, meaning form, purpose, imagination. Um, and there's also um, talk of uh, Psalm 37 says of the wicked, from their callous hearts comes iniquity, their evil imaginations have no limits. And Isaiah 65 to um, Israel are an obstinate people who walk in ways not good, pursuing their own imaginations. And that's a, a different word, Mechashah <laughs> I'm not a Hebrew scholar. <laughs> I can I can do some word uh, word studies on logos, but that's about as far as my expertise goes. Um, uh, and there are positive references occasionally, such as uh, God doing more than we can ask or imagine, but step back a bit you might think from that oh perhaps the the suspicious Christians are like oh imagination don't want to do that come up with all sorts of heresy Um, uh, perhaps they've got a point Um, but at the same time the bible is incredibly imaginative it speaks in a way that engages the imagination Uh, most of the bible is narrative it also includes poetry apocalyptic i mean read the book of revelation you've got dragons and rainbows and um uh all sorts of stuff and it's uh vivid and rich and drawing on uh images from all across the bible it's uh doing all sorts of amazing stuff um (coughs) And we can see that Jesus himself spoke imaginatively in his use of parables. And uh, they're like um, stealth bombers, (laughs) um, sort of bringing truth and sort of slipping past our defenses um, with their uh, different twists and turns. Yeah, and we see... positive view of creativity such as uh, the Holy Spirit the first time it's spoken of being given is in the context of uh, creativity of Bezalel and Oliab in Exodus 32. So there's obviously more to the picture than just the the sort of negative view from those uh, things. So how do we how do we put this all together? Um, I just want to at this point comment on another Approach that Christians can sometimes have uh, to the imagination, uh, which is to see imagination as the spoonful of sugar to help the gospel go down, the gospel go down, etc um, <laughs> um, I won't inflict any more singing on you, I promise um, uh, to see it instrumentally useful to evangelism um, but not integral to it now I think imaginative evangelism and imaginative apologetics are really important if we're to be effective in connecting with people today but often there's a a shallowness it's just a useful technique and not a deeper um, valuing of creativity Imagination has value in itself because it reflects God's creativity. Um, to misquote Hans Ruckmacher, imagination needs no justification. It doesn't need to be directly contributing to evangelism or to discipleship to be worthwhile. Um, secondly, it's an integral part of who we are. Um, it isn't the icing on top but an inseparable ingredient of the cake. Uh, As J.R.R. Tolkien wrote, um, man the storyteller would have to be redeemed in a manner consonant with his nature by a moving story. So because we are storied creatures, it's by a story uh, that God's (laughs) salvation comes to us. Um, And finally the need for imagination in the Christian life doesn't stop when we become Christians. Uh, we don't just need imagination to help people become Christians. <coughs> and then it's like, oh, well, um, just here's the checklist. Uh, tick off prayer, Bible reading, uh, follow the rules. No imagination needed. Uh, just get on with it. We need imagination to grow as Christians as well. And all of those are good things to be doing, but we, we can bring imagination to how we approach them and how we integrate them into our lives uh, in following Jesus. Um, How many fans of VeggieTales are there here? Who likes VeggieTales? Right, I'll just... uh Let me know how how near the door I need to be to make a quick getaway afterwards. Uh, Let me caveat this up front. There's lots of wonderful creativity in VeggieTales. I love a good sketch and I've done my fair share of uh, dressing up and putting on a silly voice uh, to retell Bible stories and act out some illustration, especially on uh, Christian camps and beach mission. Uh, And there's certainly a place for fun and humour and for the jokey sermon illustration um, to help engage people and especially young people uh, with things. But when it comes to retelling the Bible in particular, uh, I worry that uh, many Evangelicals don't have a big enough uh, vision uh, beyond mere wackiness. um, And... Uh, it's a bit like early 2000s DreamWorks when, with these animated movies, they would just throw together a b- bunch of jokes and pop culture references and forget to tell a meaningful um, story. Um, or, it's a, or it's like the latest Four movie, which is so concerned with making it fun and zany and telling a joke, it undermines its own story. You can be fun and reverent. Uh, engaging and sincere and I think Pixar's f- films of that era um, and, and indeed some of the later DreamWorks ones like How to Train Your Dragon and um, Kung Fu Panda are much more committed to the emotional truth of the story they're telling. They're not just throwing out zany humour, they're, they're, they're fun, but they're, they're telling a story that uh, is meaningful, that has real emotion behind it. We need to have greater creativity and confidence, both in the power of story generally, and in the power of the Christian story uh, in particular. We need to go beyond, particularly with our kids, just humour, wackiness and pop culture references. Aim for awe! <laughs> Please <laughs> uh, seek to evoke wonder and emotional truth. Um, the bible isn't something boring that we need to zhuzh up with wackiness but god's powerful word it's it's a compelling story and we need creativity to do justice to it to unlock and unleash it um but uh it's um yeah let's have that confidence uh in it and in telling that story really well um so let's let's that's a bit of a tangent but let's let's get back to what the Bible says about human nature um I've already claimed that imagination isn't icing on top of who we are but an insen- an essential ingredient of our humanity uh does the Bible back that up? Let's get on to the heart the heart of the matter so uh, a key biblical concept for understanding our humanity uh is the heart. Uh, hebrew leb uh, greek Cardia, and when we trace this theme we discover an integrated view of the human person so um uh the thoughts in the hearts of the people our memories mary pondering these things in her hearts uh, our will the 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 intentions of a, a man's heart emotions sadness gladness um and indeed this um way we see things, the, the eyes of your heart um, and I think that in particular corresponds particularly well with uh, what we mean uh, by imagination the way we see the world and the way that our perceptions are caught up with our desires, with our loves it's connected with with our thoughts, with our will but also uh, our affections, our desires our loves and in Ezekiel 13.2, the NIV actually translates leb to imagination, when God speaks against false prophets who prophesy, prophesy out of their own imagination, that is, out of their own heart. And um, I think this, this then helps us to understand the sometimes negative language around imagination. The heart is part of God's good design of human beings but the desires of our heart are disordered by sin. Um, In the book um, Creation Redeemed, Al Walters uh, makes a helpful distinction between structure and direction in thinking about how the created order is distorted by sin. Many things that God created good structurally are distorted by sin and are now pointed in the wrong direction. So our our imagination, for example, uh, is good structurally in that it reflects the image of God in us. But because of sin, it's distorted, it's pointed (coughs) towards idols, it's directed towards the creation of vain imaginings and devising of evil schemes. So our imaginations can reveal what's in our hearts. And until we are redeemed by Christ, until the Holy Spirit comes in, um that's, that's our sinful nature, and the Bible confronts us with our sinfulness. We need new hearts to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, which must include what we today call the imagination, um, which is implied by biblical phrases such as the eyes of the heart. Do not be conformed to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your imagination. Um, yeah and the eyes of of faith I think then uh, we already touched on this earlier the connection between imagining and seeing and uh, change and transformation and uh, the eyes of faith are what uh, help us to uh, to see the hope that which, which we're called to um it's it's the part of us that receives and takes in and and understands and can then enable us uh to have faith obviously god's spirit needs to be at work um imagination isn't some uh outside thing that is itself a magic bullet but it's the part of our humanity that's involved uh in responding to these things Julian Hardiman puts it in his excellent book on spiritual intimacy, um, Jesus, lover of my soul. Uh, He says, um, there is a beauty in the face of Christ, uh, which our renewed hearts long for. Uh, And central to the whole idea of regeneration, of new birth, is having a life, is having a, a new heart put within us that has new desires note too that when paul prayed for the ephesians uh who were already believers that their eyes of their hearts would be opened this isn't just a one-off starting gun um having the eyes of our heart open to jesus is both how we become christians in the first place how we are united to to christ through faith and love and how we grow as christians as our sight of him grows and it's a bit like having that letter from a loved one we don't see Jesus but he is real and he's present to us and when we read a letter and if we can picture um, maybe a a parent or a spouse or uh, a dear friend who uh, we can hear in our our heads uh, the way they'd say that thing uh, we're not deluding ourselves, it's, it's imagination that corresponds to reality, the, and the message really is from them, and it's enabling us to connect more deeply uh, with, with them. And in the same way, when we apply the imagination to the Bible, when the imagination is um, shaped by his word, is faithful to his word, that's not taking us away from God, but connecting us with the spiritual reality of uh, who God is. Um, Of course, we we do have an even deeper connection in that the spirit really is dwelling uh, within us. But again, that's an unseen reality. And so the imagination can help us understand and grasp the reality of that. And I think very often many struggles in the Christian life are down to struggling with false or partial or distorted images of God. And uh, something that Marsh says in his book that I'm working on at the moment is, if someone says they don't believe in God, it's often helpful to ask them to describe the God they don't believe in. Often the God uh, that people describe and have rejected as a cruel, uncaring tyrant, a celestial dictator in the sky, the God that they imagine is... Um, A black hole demanding worship and devotion to feed his own ego. So part of our response as Christians is to say that uh, we don't believe in such a God either. And there's both a rational response, which involves um, giving a fuller... exegesis a biblical answer but also along the way awakening the imagination to see some inkling of the god as the bible reveals him to be as self-giving love as beautiful as the fountain of all goodness and life and it isn't just non-christians who can struggle to see really see god's beauty um while we might know intellectually that god is supposed to be good don't we I very often find that really hard to take deep into our hearts doesn't so much of our busyness our, um, our weariness come from feeling that actually we do still need to to perform for God in some way um, perhaps you've struggled with the feeling that God is somehow stern and aloof. leaf um, perhaps you you know that that's doesn't really match up with what the bible says but you can't escape the feeling that he somehow sucks out the color and life from those who follow him and so diving into the bible really grasping the wonderful truths about what the, um, the bible says about him do we imagine jesus like the husband in the song of songs who says i delight to see the face of his beloved you are his beloved have you stopped to imagine that that's what Jesus says to you as, uh, as one of his dear children? Do we imagine the Father running to meet us like the, the undignified patriarch in the parable of the prodigal son? Do we uh, imagine God as the great fountain of love and life overflowing to us from the eternal fellowship of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? And when we see God in his goodness and beauty and in his delight in us, our hearts are drawn to him. And if we're preaching, if we're discipling, if we're um, involved in uh, teaching in some way, uh, we shouldn't merely be explaining the text intellectually, but offering God himself to people in Christ, engaging both mind and imagination so that our hearts are warmed to him. And uh if you are struggling to believe in God's goodness, um I recognise that there's there's also more issues to explore and just painting nice word pictures about the, the sort of nice bits of God there's still sort of hard edges with judgment and um uh so on that we we have to grapple with and again, beauty and truth uh go together, but but we trust that in God, goodness, beauty, and truth really do meet and find their unity in him. And so if we're struggling to see that, we, we, we keep going on that quest. Another key element is that beholding is uh, becoming. We become like what we worship. We see this idea, for example, in uh, 1 John 3, um, And we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Uh, All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. If you want to become more generous, um, uh, try to imagine and grasp and take hold of how generous God is to you. Um, If you want to become more loving, dwell on the self-giving outpouring eternal love of God uh, that emptied himself of uh, everything in sending Jesus to die on the cross for us and of course we live in the now and not yet and this will only be complete when Christ appears and returns. But um, imagination helps when when we have received that new life in us. We can cultivate this transformation. We can participate more actively in what God is already doing in us, uh, working out um, the good work he's begun in us. Uh, and similarly, imagination helps us to imagine the world differently. I think it's right that we start with... Um, ourselves and our own relationship with god there's lots of uh, problems that arise when we go out and try and um, fix the world when we've uh, not done anything to to cultivate the healthy fullness that comes from um, uh, knowing god healthy discipleship begins inwardly with contemplation of Christ and delight in him. But it should then flow outwards in our relationships and in our actions in the world. Um, I know I'm guilty of rushing to to activism and neglecting that rootedness in in God, being rooted and established in love. But then we face a war of loves. Uh, We have all sorts of things shaping our imaginations in all sorts of different directions. Um, uh, and this is, again, something Jamie Smith is uh, helpful on, on uh, how uh, all around us there are secular liturgies, there are things that are shaping our desires, um, powerful cultural f- forces encourage habits that um, direct our hearts in particular directions, um, stories and media, social media, uh, adverts consumerism is all about getting us to imagine how great it would be if we just had dot 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 um community and tribe um i think in institutions different uh organizations and structures um cultivate different a- attitudes and then we have obviously particular specifically Christian disciplines and Christian community. But yeah, if we, if we don't realise all of the ways that our hearts are being shaped, and it's unlikely that uh, a few minutes in the morning and a few hours on Sunday will be enough to sort of uh, resist all of the other, other forces on us, how might our imaginations be um, badly formed? So I think... Uh, one key concept is idolatry, imagination that creates god substitutes, um, that sets up certain things as 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 the the ultimate thing we need in order to have meaning and satisfaction. Often, another thing, uh, way that imagination uh, can go wrong or be misdirected is in unhealthy fantasy, unhealthy escapism. Uh, And often this is the indulgence of idolatries. So pornography, for example, is um, an imagination directed towards the idolatry of sex. There's power fantasies, uh, something like James Bond, for example, one of the ways in which it can function. Uh, as a story is to uh, encourage that fantasy of being the the powerful alpha male who can uh, bed all the women and save the world and that that story can be done in ways that are um, more more critical, more reflective, can be healthier, but uh, that can very easily be a, a, a self indulgent fantasy a romantic fantasy the whole Uh, romance industry mills and boone and so many other things i will say there is such a thing as healthy escapism Uh, Tolkien talks about that in his essay on fairy stories you can have an escapism that refreshes us for a a better engagement with the world Uh, but often we escape from reality into to these idols into unhealthy uh, self-gratification through imagination the third form of distorted imagination Uh, that we can perhaps point to as propaganda, um, and that's imagination that lies and dehumanises. Stories can help cultivate empathy and imagination, but they can do the opposite. You can cast um, uh, someone as the enemy. Um, So uh, with the conflict in Ukraine, for example, we see a war of stories as well as one of flesh of blood, Putin's story of restoring a greater Russia, reclaiming a historic homeland. And he's then cut, got the villains, the, those who want Ukrainian independence, are, are Nazis. Uh, and they need to go in and liberate and denazify it. It's a, it's a powerful, powerful story and then you've got the counter story and one of the ironies is is that uh by by going in that it's so bonded together the Ukrainian people with uh, a new national story and uh, zelensky and sort of i need an a- i need ammo not uh, not a ride when offered a flight to america it's creating new national stories for for ukraine binding um uh, together and uh, imagination becomes uh very dangerous when when untethered from truth uh, and when weaponized against uh other groups so that 's uh another uh, another thing so we need to be really attentive to how we 're using imagination so how do we disciple our imaginations uh how do we um engage imaginatively in a way that helps us love what god loves uh, and indeed hate what he hates how do we order our loves rightly um and i think i'm a bit cautious here because with discipleship the who is much much more important than the how the important thing is to be loving jesus pursuing jesus and one of the abiding temptations uh of um, uh, modern christianity is to reduce something to a set of techniques here are uh, eight fantastic imaginative steps to reinvigorate your spiritual life so um, i'm conscious of that danger um uh, that was dallas willard's big fear for the sort of whole spiritual formation movement that it would devolve into that kind of formulaic um thing but I do think there's things that we can do and uh, as long as we we bear in mind that focus on Jesus as the goal of it all as we keep sight of the the end uh, above the means Um, I've got a few few suggestions and I'm going to whiz through these a bit this lecture is much more about the um, sort of why imagination matters We can perhaps pick up a bit more in discussion and Q&A some more of the practical uh, implications. But find ways to immerse yourself in the Bible's stories and images. Uh, Have a biblically shaped imagination. Uh, James uh, K. Smith is a big proponent of habit and liturgy is a way of training our our loves Uh, and i think one of his big things is that often historic christian worship liturgical worship can embed within it the narrative arc of the gospel and take us through that in in the course of a service now i think there's something in that you may or may not find liturgy as something that's uh, is helpful to you. I think um, partly through Libri, I've come to appreciate it a bit, uh, a bit more. But there's lots of other ways of uh, doing that. Just just reading it, taking it in, finding different ways to get the patterns get the rhythms uh learn the feel of uh, stories death then resurrection suffering then glory we see that in the life of joseph thrown into prison and raised to rule egypt for the blessing of the nations the story of israel of liberation from bondage set free to worship god the story of david of of being chosen by god of sinning horribly and yet repenting Uh, The story of exile, being cast out from God, yet brought back into uh, a promised land. Um, The more we can absorb the patterns, the way of seeing the world that Scripture provides us with, um, the more that we can uh, take these things into our bones. Uh, And perhaps when we've absorbed those stories, for example, when when things are going wrong in our life, we, we have that sense that God loves a cliffhanger, Because through them, he's helping us believe that he's someone who raises the dead. Secondly, cultivating empathy by imagining your neighbour as yourself. Uh, Mary McCampbell has written a book called uh, Imagining Your Neighbour as Yourself, and or our neighbours as ourselves and really goes into this, and I really recommend that. It helps us place ourselves in (laughs) others' shoes, imagine what they're feeling, to recognise them as fellow image-bearers of God. Uh, And stories, too, can help us practise that, uh, to see with other eyes, to imagine with other imaginations. Uh, C.S. Lewis said in, in Experimenting Criticism, In reading great literature... I become a thousand men and yet remain myself. Like the night sky in the Greek poem, I see with a myriad eyes, but it is still I who see. Here, as in worship, in love, in moral action, in knowing, I transcend myself, and am never more myself than when I do. Imagination takes us outside of ourselves. We can also have our perception shaped Uh, to see creation as a meaning-drenched universe, to use Michael Ward's description of what C.S. Lewis does in the Narnia books. An important thing is that imagination isn't projecting meaning onto a meaningless universe, but it's actually receiving meaning, drawing it out from a meaning-drenched universe. Um, An example of that is how um, C.S. Lewis talks about how um, we think of space, an infinite vacuum filled with distant stars. Uh, The medievals thought of the heavens, the heavens that declared the glory of God, that were moved by uh, the love that moves the sun and stars. It's a very different way of looking at the same material reality. And I think a good example of this um, is when we enjoy enjoy God's world, we're we're honouring him, we're... uh, (coughs) We're glorifying God and enjoying his goodness when we enjoy his creation and when our imaginations are trained to perceive it as a gift received uh, from him. In Hutchmoot Homebound uh, last year, there was a conversation between Andrew Peterson and Tim Mackey, um, the trees at the heart of creation. And they talked about um, the experience of, of eating honey from the comb. And as we enjoy that, as we press into that goodness in God's creation, that unlocks for us that biblical image of your word is sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. And um, pressing into the enjoyment of God's creation, having our perception of it, through the imagination understood that in him we live and move and have our being uh, if that shapes our engagement with the world and we we have a sweetness we have a delight we have a way of uh, understanding many biblical truths in a much deeper and richer way another good book on that is andrew wilson's god of all things i'll throw up a few recommendations on the slide at the end that i've mentioned throughout uh Rush through these now. Stories shape us, so choose your own enchantments wisely. Stories are powerful. Um, They take us to other worlds and into other minds. And they're bigger on the inside, like the wardrobe to Narnia or Doctor Who's police box. Uh, Time passes differently in stories like in Narnia, and we can return from them, having perhaps experienced years or lifetimes. A well-told story can... Touch a heart, change a mind, or maybe redirect a life. So, as Christians, we we should be thoughtful about what we choose to engage with, and it's very easy to go to extreme evil of legalism. You you can't watch anything that's more than a PG rating <laughs> um, or a uh, license. Oh, Christians have complete freedom. We each need to apply wisdom, knowing what things. Um, what impact are things having on our, our hearts? It's not just looking at the content. Something might be an 18 rating, but it's actually training, encouraging you to have a very um, healthy attitude to um, maybe very brutal realities that it's uh, depicting. Uh, or it might be uh, a U or a PG, but it's... Um, uh, Encouraging us to love really terrible things to uh be uh sort of cheering on uh i don't know what's what's the classic thing i i mean think how how much Disney catechizes us in the whole believe in yourself message uh and all of that uh i mean um Uh, that's that could be a whole other other lecture but uh, but yeah uh, but uh, there's there's many ways in which that's encouraging a very self-centered attitude that isn't at all good and that's that's there in something that might seem completely (laughs) innocuous Um, and and of course we can't cut ourselves off engaging with culture stories is a way of um, loving our neighbors by listening to other voices and but we will want to have a a healthy, balanced diet of of good art, and so if we're if we're watching some stuff to engage with it, we'll also want to refresh ourselves with stuff that we know is got a really uh, is training our hearts in really helpful ways. Uh, making good art um, that's that's really important to uh, something I own get into uh but ali gordon's book quiet matters is a really good one on that um and christian art and artists really do matter and i think it can puncture that over familiarity it can steal past the watchful dragons as c.s lewis said one of the things that if if liturgy and habit and stuff like that can help press stuff down into us over time there's the danger it can become over familiar, and we we need the the sudden the new the unexpected that will bring truth to life in a way that we've not seen before, and uh good art can can do that can make us fall in love with stuff in a fresh way um yeah some another thing social imaginaries uh, Charles Taylor, our imaginations don't exist in isolation but as part of communities, so we need to be contributing to the wider imaginative life of our society as well as uh, having our own communities of Christian imagination and Labrie is a great example of somewhere that gives a place where you can imagine all sorts of different possibilities yeah I've touched on this already when teaching preaching and discipling really aim for the heart via the imagination and In one sense, I don't think this is something new. Um, Good and effective Christian teaching and discipleship has already been imaginative discipleship. Um, It's not a new thing to say that um, discipleship uh, should engage the heart. But I think the label of imaginative discipleship opens up some fresh angles on, on thinking about that. And then imagining the world not as it is, but as it could be Um, creative ways to plant the seeds of God's kingdom and to cultivate it so yeah so eight themes that you could explore in much greater depth and there's lots of people that are doing stuff in these different areas and that's why I'm excited to have a whole series of, of conversations as I podcast about this to explore different ways people are tackling this so another question is how might you in some of the practices that we have how might imagination enrich those Uh, perhaps in the um, discussion time we can dig into those i'll just talk a little bit about reading the bible imaginatively Uh, we've already had that ignatian practice of reading something imaginatively uh, putting yourself in the story engaging your senses engaging your empathy i think that can be really helpful and powerful to really take seriously that this happened and to think oh yeah there was actual actual people who went through this in the bible what 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 was it like what was the dust under their fingers the um, uh, thoughts in in their head i think we should pay a lot of attention to reading it aloud well uh, on one christian camp i uh, used to go on um, as a teenager and then as a as a leader called contagious uh, they they did the book of revelation on them the first night. there was a dramatized uh, reading, and we had people on trumpets we had everyone joining in for great multitudes We had uh, symbols to crash and it really helped uh, the drama of it to bring it to life we We, we can uh, take the bible seriously but do so in a way that's that's fun and engaging and uh and different yeah trust the story trust the power of the biblical story to do its work and read the bible with that prayerful expectance of god's voice uh, a few recommended resources i've many of which i've referred to you directly but uh, also imaginative prayer um, apologetics and the Christian imagination. Um, Andrew Fellows um, has done some really good talks that you can find in the Libri um, Ideas Library on reason and imagination, the two streams, and on signs, symbols, and spiritual reality. Uh, and I'm sure those have f- filtered through indirectly into into this talk. Uh, plus ted's book uh and one that he's co writing with ruth naomi floyd that sort of applies that a bit more practically as a manifesto for christian imagination so um yes so remember following jesus uh is a life of adventure do you want to come with me It's the adventure of pursuing God himself, the ultimate reality. It's the adventure of seeking goodness, beauty and truth. Those deep dimensions woven into the warp and woof of creation that are signposts to him. Following Jesus is a life of courage, of seeing injustice and recognising that the world can be different. That God is transforming it and it's standing up to do what's right and good, to show love to our neighbour. We need imagination in living out the life of the kingdom here on earth in our square inch uh, of reality as uh, Jim talks about in uh, Jim Paul's book, What on Earth is Heaven? And we need our imaginations to be redeemed, transformed and discipled by Jesus Christ, shaped by the great story of the gospel told across the whole Bible. Let's embrace the imagination and think through what it means for us to be transformed by the renewing of our imaginations. Thank you. been listening to imaginative discipleship an independent personal project by me caleb if you'd like to become a supporter of what i'm doing please visit biggerinside.co.uk where you can become a free or even paid subscriber to both imaginative discipleship and to bigger on the inside my email newsletter of faith story and imagination please listen, subscribe and review this show on iTunes, Spotify or your podcast app of choice or watch online by subscribing to the Imaginative Discipleship YouTube channel. Thanks for listening and enjoy the adventure of discipleship.